And welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football with Dumbo. My name is Josh. Hey, you know this dude over here. What's going on, folks? Week 12. We got two more weeks this year uh, before we hit those fantasy playoffs. So I hope you guys have been tuning in all year, enjoying some of the free tips and advice. And uh, honestly, Dugo, I'm feeling great after the Thanksgiving games last week. Uh, you know, made some predictions last week that maybe did not come to fruition. Jameer Gibbs did not have a big week. But uh, Green Bay Packer by the name of Jordan Love did. How are you feeling uh, coming out of Thanksgiving break? And how are you feeling going into uh, week 13 of the fantasy football season? Yeah, man, feeling pretty good. I mean, most of my leagues, I'm in the hunt. I'm in the thick of it. Uh, I think there's only one league or dynasty league where I'm pretty much out of it as far as playoff contentions. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I'm feeling really good, honestly. Uh, going into week 13, honestly, kind of a headache just because of all the buys and stuff that are happening this week, man. So I'm kind of pissed off about that. But, you know, there's some people on the waivers, stuff like that. I You think I can probably uh, plug and fill at least for a week. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of jumbling everything all together just because there's so many people I have in some of these leagues that are on buys where – I'm not trying to let them go because they got me to where I'm at. Yep. But, you know, I also got to fill, uh, fill a lineup for a week. So, I guess, let me lead with that. If you're in, a, like, a conundrum like that where you have, like, possibly four or five motherfuckers that might be on a buy in a certain week, like, how exactly do you start making, like, those adjustments if, like, it might be four starters and the fifth guy might be someone that you've been holding on to for, like, a keepsake, like... Would you rather roll with, like, an empty slot? Like, if you're already, like, in the playoffs, or how would you at least judge that? You're right, and that's a really good point you bring up. Because right now, if you guys are in playoff contention, there's a pretty good chance that, you know, you probably don't want to drop the guys on your bench. I mean, they have value. A lot of y'all have been storing players. So, in this bye week, you got teams like the Bills, the Vikings, the Raiders, the Ravens. I think even the Titans are on bye this week. So when I look at that, I mean, I see a ton of wide receivers who won't be available. And if I'm in a position in which, let's say, I have a flex spot or I have a couple flex spots, and now I'm kind of tinkering around trying to find somebody to replace a Jordan Addison, I'm trying to find somebody to replace a Gabe Davis or a Zay Flowers or a Devontae Adams, I think you got to scrounge, man. Hopefully by now, if you have not clinched, you're in a position in which you're about to. And you know what? This is probably the time in which you have to trust some of those death options if you got them on your team. And I guess what I mean by death options is if you have a guy like a uh, Keaton Mitchell, uh, maybe you have like a Jamison Williams, plug him in and, you know, this is what you kept him for. If you're on the scout and you're looking for somebody to put in there, do go. I don't hate a Kenneth Gainwell or a Samaj P. Ryan off waivers. I do not hate maybe a Jalen Guyton after Quentin Johnston got benched last week. Right, right. Those are just a few names that pop up at the top of my head. Hell, I even like Tucker Craft, who stepped in for Luke Musgrave. Sheesh. Big Packer guy right here, and I expect them to have to throw the ball against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, you know, they may not be the normal Chiefs this year, but it's still Patrick Mahomes. Right, right. And there's a couple other guys that, obviously, I've been trying to ride with throughout the year as well. Uh, I, those being, I mean, Curtis Samuel, you know, from the Commanders, I've been riding him pretty much all year. He's my, uh, I think, 16th pick uh, so of the year, and I've had him on my uh, roster ever since. I'm absolutely stoked about this cat still. Uh, and then I'm trying just to uh, debate between Rondale Moore and Michael Wilson as far as uh, a possibility for a flex spot, just because obviously that Cardinals team is starting to ramp up a little bit. 
it seems like uh, the only thing that's kind of holding them uh, from going forward is injuries. And so if they were to get someone like a Michael Wilson, who obviously we've seen him be one of the more physical receivers on that team, I'm interested to see what he would do against like a Pittsburgh team that, I mean, they're around the middle of the pack as far as uh, their passing defense. It seems like most of the time they, you know, either give up some shorter passes, medium passes, or TJ Watt gets the quarterback. So Exactly. It's one of those things, man. Like I think that Michael Wilson could be an opportunity or be an opportuni- opportunistic state to at least you know catch some uh, jump balls that Kyler might have to throw up just because he's in a hurry. Does but, Michael Wilson? I, th- I heard he got ruled out with a shoulder injury last week. Yeah, so it's still up in the air as far as what I know for Week 13, and that's why I'm kind of on the fringe about uh, Rondell Moore, just because I think if Michael Wilson is a go. I think that Rondale Moore might be able to, you know, just easy. He's been playing a bunch of snaps this year, man. So I just think that Rondale Moore could be at least a sneaky little snark just to see what happens. You know what? I kind of agree with you because I think Rondale's, he plays close to the line of scrimmage. You know, he plays a lot of, uh, he he plays in the slide and he runs a lot of underneath routes. And if the Cardinals get a lot of pressure from TJ Watt and those guys, I'd imagine Kyler probably will just need to get the ball out. Right. Um, I think Rondell Moore had like a 50-yard touchdown a couple weeks ago, which definitely helped his numbers out that week. But that also goes to show that he can make a big play happen. It's just That's pretty much his bread and butter. I mean, it's either some sort of long run, some sort of long catch that he gets. Um, but what about your boy, Michael Carter, down there? He's kind of been making a little bit of a splash. I think he had like eight touches or something this past week. Eight touches, 19 yards on the ground, averaged about 4.7 yards a rush. And that kind of brings me to not only Michael Carter, but also James Conner. Because both Michael Carter this week and James Conner over the course of the year have averaged north of around, you know, four yards per carry, which is pretty damn good, dude. Like, four yards a carry is amazing. And that goes to show how well the Cardinals O-line has been performing. So as they go into these tough games against Pittsburgh this week, uh, they go on a bye next week and then they come out and they play the Niners. The next three weeks are somewhat treacherous if you got Cardinals. But you know what, man? I'm still starting them. I'm still starting the Cardinals running backs. I like Michael Carter moving forward. I don't know if I'm ready to start him yet. Right. But coming out of this bye, I mean, he might be a candidate to get some playtime in my roster if, you know, I'm looking for a rush, uh, running back where I just need some, some, some flex points, you know? Yeah, exactly, man. Especially with them. I mean, if you didn't see the news, they dropped Keontae Ingram today. So it's not like they really have – much of what I would consider like the third down back much in their uh, running back room anymore, at least if you ask me. So I think that Michael Carter definitely could be that guy going forward. So I'm excited for him, man. I'm I'm a little upset that he didn't uh, make it to the Packers as far as a waiver. I'm not sure if they even threw a waiver in on him. Mm-hmm. But that would have been sick to have because, I mean, our running backs are kind of bush right now. Not great. And bringing it to another game, Thursday night we get the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Yeah. So that's the game in which the Seahawks are playing for playoff positioning. The Cowboys have been on a roll. Our boy Aaron Rodgers came out, or your boy Aaron Rodgers came out. Got him right. Y'all know I don't fuck with Aaron Rodgers like that. Uh, but homie came out today, and he said that he liked the way Dak Prescott was playing. And that's been true. Dak Prescott, over the last few weeks, has been a top three or four quarterback, maybe even QB1 in fantasy. Do you think that trend continues against the Seahawks defense this week? Yeah, I can say I would say so, man. I mean, this Seahawks defense has been good this year, but it hasn't been as good as last year, if mm-hmm. you ask me. 
Um, I yeah, I expect Dak to be able to go off this week. I expect both Brandon Cooks and C D Lamb to get their bread as far as passes. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been crazy this or the last few weeks, man. I'm really excited for him. Yeah. Dak Prescott has seventeen touchdowns. Seventeen over the last five weeks. So that <laughs> my boy's averaging over three touchdowns a game. It is a short week, and y'all know my rule, man. In short weeks, teams like to run the ball. Oh. Tony Pollard might run the ball. Rico Dowdle might get some carries. What? I'm big on the uh, Cowboys running backs this week. Okay. I think uh, Tony Pollard continues his streak of good games. He's coming out of a slump. Right now, he's still RB15 on the season, but he gets an easy matchup against the Seahawks. Uh, if you play on sleeper, once again, the Seahawks rush defense is a bottom of the league rush defense. My boy Pollard should eat. So I do think Prescott, it's not necessarily a short week because he played on Thursday. So technically, I guess it's seven days. And same for the Seahawks. Same for the Seahawks. So I take back my comment about a short week, but I still do think that Mike McCarthy, big coach McCarthy, uh, old Pittsburgh cop looking ass motherfucker. I think he says, let's run the ball uh, like he has always liked to do. And I think Dowdle and uh, Pollard are going to get their carries this week to go. Yeah, no doubt, man. I think that both sides are going to probably be scoring a little bit. Um, I mean, I just think that this uh, Cowboys defense obviously has been great. Uh, yeah, They're probably going to – the defense itself, if you have them, they'll probably score around 12 points or whatever. Uh, I do expect the Seahawks to kind of hold their own, especially going from this last week. I thought that they kind of put up not a great performance, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that uh, Steve is going to have them, or I'm sorry, Pete is going to have them turned around and ready to go this week. I expect JSN to get a touchdown. Yo, Pete Carroll kind of looks like his name would be Steve. A little bit, dog. He looks like a Steve-ass motherfucker, bro. Yeah, bro. Appreciate that. Quick question for you. What's up? Another big game that I'm definitely going to be watching is the Packers and the Chiefs. Packs, Chiefs. Chiefs come to Lambeau. Patrick Mahomes' first game in Lambeau. And both those teams are starting to figure out their wide receiver positions. Yup. So, on the Chiefs' side, you have a Rasheed Rice. On the Packers' side, you have a guy like, uh, let's say, Jaden Reed. Mm -hmm. I got a tough question for you. But if you had to pick between the two, I guess, who do you think has the bigger week? Uh, between Rasheed Rice of the Chiefs and Jaden Reed on the Packers catching passes from Jordan Love. Uh, that's going to be a tough one, man, but let me go with uh, Rasheed Rice. Mm -hmm. I just think there's a lot more opportunity there. It seems like their number two is someone named Justin uh, Watson, not necessarily the greatest number two. So I'm assuming that Rasheed is going to get peppered like he has been. Last week, he was wide receiver three in all fantasy football. Mm -hmm. uh, Jaden Reed has been on a terror lately. It's just they're also trying to get Christian Watson coming out as far as, you know, his whole year slump so far. And Romeo Dobbs, he still needs to get some work as well. Uh, it, the Packers are young. They have a lot of people who can catch the ball, though, it seems like. So, uh, all in all, I say all that to say Rasheed Rice over Jaden Reed this week. Okay, I respect that. I am going to go Jaden Reed for the touchdown upside. And on the season, Jaden Reed has six touchdowns. Yeah. So that's about 13.5% of his catches go for touchdowns, which is a relatively high rate for reference. Um, the dude works out of the slot a lot for the Packers. I think that this is a game where Jordan Love, 
he's going to go for easy completions. You don't want to give the Chiefs too many turnovers. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes too many shots on offense. And I think that he doesn't play necessarily conservative, but I do think he targets Jaden Reed in the slot. Easy targets, easy completions. Let's keep the chains moving. I like Jaden Reed this week. I like Jaden Reed as maybe like a nice wide receiver three for your lineups. Uh, if y'all playing 12-team leagues, I got Jaden Reed as like a high-end wide receiver three. I appreciate that insight. Oh, quick note. Tucker Craft, what do you think? Uh, I'm probably not going to start him this week realistically. Um, the one thing that I would say is the Chiefs typically have a decent linebacking core. I just don't know how well Tucker Craft is going to do against that this week. I mean, not saying that the Lions don't. The Lions, I thought, have one of the better ones in the league. And Kraft was able to score a touchdown, so that was sick. But, uh, yeah, man, I just don't think that's going to be the most real, uh, most uh, consistent target this week, realistically. That's fair. And once again, for reference, this week we have the Bills on by, the Vikings on by, the Bears, the Raiders, the Ravens, and I believe also the – I don't – I think the Titans? No, nah, the Titans are playing, bro. They play? Okay, yeah. sorry for what I said earlier. Uh, but once again, we have the Vikings, Bills, Bears, Raiders – uh, Bills, Ravens, all on by. And this week, I mean, the games ain't that great. Those are a lot of high-scoring offenses. Right. Uh, but one of the games I'm looking forward to is San Francisco versus the Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to be a Sunday afternoon game, 325 on Fox. And I, for one, have a Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But I, for one, am a little bit nervous about him playing that Philadelphia Eagles defense which is loaded with a great defensive line and, you know, athletic linebackers. Um, if I told you Christian McCaffrey ended this week as RB1, would you believe me? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, man. I mean, his usage is out of control, and when you think about everything he can do, I mean, it's not just having to go up the middle, but, I mean, the, this offense is going to make the Eagles spread out a little bit more than I think they have had to in recent weeks. And so with that, it just adds a little bit larger holes and if you give the 49ers a little bit bigger holes than what they're accustomed to needing uh it's just one of those things that hey like they're fucking sick their offensive line's sick trent williams is sick so yeah i mean i i think that's going to be all right christian mccaffrey christian mccaffrey is going to get his work regardless another question for you uh debo samuel who's currently wide receiver 38 on the season okay it's a little bit further behind where you'd like to see him yeah. Now, Debo, for reference, has missed two games on the season. Yep. But it's kind of – he's following the trend that he set last year and that he's not exactly living up to that draft cap, you know, where you guys might have taken him. All right, so Debo Samuel plays the Eagles this week. It's a game where he's been talking shit for the last year. The Niners have been talking shit about the Eagles for the last year. Yep. This is the lickback game. No guarantees they see each other in the playoffs. But is this a – like, is Debo a must-start for you every week? I, I mean, yeah, I would consider him a must-start week regardless of who he's playing. I, he's just one of those guys who are special, man. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't think too far into it if you have Debo Samuel. Uh, maybe he'll pop off a little bit more for you this week if he's trying to talk all this shit. Maybe it gives him a little bit more motivation. But I, I say all to say, unless Debo's hurt, he's a must-start, folks. Yeah. I'll, I disagree with you. I have Debo... Like, Debo's a nice wide receiver three, in my in my opinion. And I think a lot of that is because he doesn't get the targets because Brandon Ayuk has kind of stepped up. So, while Debo is a nice player to have, if I play in a 10-team league 
And, you know, I got two wide receiver slots, two running back slots, and one flex. In that specific case, I don't think Debo's a must-start. If y'all play in larger leagues, if y'all play in deeper leagues, I'm not mad at you at starting Debo as a wide receiver three. This week against the Eagles, I think he probably goes for around 10-ish points. I think he gets his catches in. Uh, But the main thing I worry about is that Debo runs the type of routes in which, you know, it's a lot of screens. It's a lot of uh, just, you know, quick outs, things like that. I think the Philadelphia Eagles linebackers can run with Debo, and I don't think that he has his uh, his superpower this week, which is the yards after the catch. I think those linebackers out there in Philadelphia are going to be able to keep up with them. And, you know, unless he catches a deep pass, I don't think he's going to be that effective this week. I mean, that be that as it may, I don't uh, agree with you 100% on exactly those linebackers being able to catch up with him every single play. Uh, one thing I will say, though, is I just think that they're going to be utilizing a lot more wrinkles than what we've seen in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once it comes to playoff time, it seems like Debo Samuel starts to get his, the ball in his hands in, you know, more interesting ways uh, as it comes to it. I mean, there's going to be more jet sweeps, stuff like that, that I think, again, is going to help spread the Eagles defense out. Uh, you know, keep the ball in less than McCaffrey's hands. You know, keep McCaffrey ha- are healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like he's just beat up every single week. So, I mean, being able to take a couple lesser hits off of him would be good. But I'm just saying all that to say, I think that the play calls are going to be a little bit more exact this week for the 49ers. I do expect Debo to get the ball in his hands a lot more. I mean, there, there's no way that Shanahan is going to let Debo t- talk all that shit. Yeah. And then not let him try to run the ball. So, I don't know. Opposite side of the ball, Jalen Hurts, I think, might be a league winner this year. Oh, 100%, dog. 100%. I was looking at his playoff schedule, and week 15, he gets the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Which is a high defense. Like, they ain't nothing special, but you yep. got to respect him. But week 16, he gets the Giants defense. Yep. And week 17, if he if he's on your team and you make it to the Shiva. Uh, he gets the Arizona Cardinals defense, which is, yeah. you know, pretty fantasy-friendly to yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. Jalen Hurts is QB2 this year, and if you got him on your team, chances are you're probably doing pretty well. Uh, last guy I want to talk about on the Eagles is DeAndre Swift, because we know what A.J. Brown is. He gets busy, gets working. Yep. Devontae Smith is pretty much a lock and load wide receiver, too. DeAndre Swift against the San Francisco Niners defense. That's a tough task. Um, I guess, do you believe in DeAndre Swift? Do you, would you feel comfortable? Bro, I'm, I, it's not, do I believe in DeAndre Swift? This I, week, this week. I, I don't give a fuck, dog. Do you see that offensive line for the Eagles? They're good. Fucking lock them in, dog. But do you see the defensive line for the Niners? I don't give a fuck. This offensive line has been special for two, three years straight. I'm not going to think, yeah, this defensive line is great, but I don't think it's going to be fucking limiting them to five years rushing or anything. Like, this is how the Eagles have made their bread and butter for the last two years is running the ball. If you think that all of a sudden this guy or this team is going to come in and they're going to ultimately just shut them down, I think you're ludicrous. I don't know, man. Like, I'm even contemplating throwing a kind of game well in there. I think he might go for 100 yards, too, just because Sirianni wants to shove the ball down these guys' throats. All right. So you got him locked in as RB1 this week? DeAndre Swift fucking started him. Lock it. Lock it. We're going to talk about this next week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I'm on the opposite side. I'm a little bit wary of him. I like him as a flex this week. San Francisco has one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. I think the Eagles will have to figure out how to toss the ball against the Niners defense. 
Swift might have a big player too because it is one of the best O lines in football. But I got, I respect the matchups. I respect the matchups. So DeAndre Swift, dog. We'll see how he does this week. Dugo loves him. Um, you know, I'm not so high on the guy. Start him. All right, and just to wrap up, you know, some of these games that are happening this week, not a lot of fun matchups that I really care to, like, sit around and uh, talk about too much or watch too much of. Uh, Broncos play the Texans. Russell Wilson's been on a – he's been on a run. He's been a very usable low-wing QB1 for you. I think that trend continues. Uh, C.J. Stroud is C.J. Stroud, and he's going to do C.J. Stroud things. Uh, start Dalton Schultz. Start Nico Collins. Definitely start Tank Dell, who's a wide receiver one right now in the season. See how that game goes. Justin Herbert might finally get a win this week against the Patriots. I'd hope so. Uh, but, you know, without Mike Williams, with Quentin Johnson struggling, I expect Keenan Allen to eat up targets. Austin Eckler's kind of regressed. Like, I don't know about you, Dugo, but I'm not. Austin Eckler doesn't look like what he's looked like the last couple of years. Yeah, man, it might just be the injuries popping up and catching up on him as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess if I have to play Eckler. I like him as a high-end RB2. He obviously has some RB1 appeal, but last week he just didn't look that great. The numbers will kind of skew differently. Like if you look at his numbers, he's performed fairly well, but when you look at the tape, it doesn't really pass the eye test and it almost feels like he's just luckily kind of getting into the end zone. Yep. Lions and Saints. Uh, <laughs> the Saints may be without all three of the wide receivers. Uh, Chris Olave, concussion. Michael Thomas went on IR. Rashid Shahid left the game last week. This might be the Alva Kamara show-all game. Yeah, dude, I'm kind of hesitant right now just because last week, uh, before the this bye week again, you know, I wanted to grab a QB to start for the week, and I picked up Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. Uh, that yeah, didn't work out. I'm not really sure how that's going to go, especially with three of his wide, our wide receivers out. Uh, very hesitant, possibly going to be looking into maybe grabbing a Kenny Pickett. Wow. Why Kenny Pickett? I mean, last week he went off. I I really enjoyed what the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to do. I mean, if we want to call a buck a buck, I mean, that offense actually looked good. Mm-hmm. And considering they're going to be playing a team in the Arizona Cardinals this week, who we just talked about, a lackluster defense, mm-hmm. possibly could go off again, man. So I'm considering Kenny Pickett. Okay. And I will say that last week without Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett had his second most pass attempts this season. That he actually cleared his yardage total on the season as well. He had a season high in target or I'm sorry, in attempts. He had a season high in passing yards. Second highest amount of pass attempts on the season. Okay. And you know, it seems like this offense is starting to open up. So against the Cardinals could be a pretty decent game. I think he uh, attacks that defense, and, you know, it's more of the same. Maybe a touchdown over 200 yards, 250. Might get a rushing touchdown. Could get a rushing touchdown. We could see an infamous, rarely seen Kenny Pickett two-touchdown game. Holy shit. 
Kyler Murray, James Conner. Mm. They got to be locks. I mean, if you have them, you got to roll with them, I think. I mean, maybe lesser Kyler Murray than James Conner just because I think James Conner is a beast. And, you know, we talked about that Steelers defense being pretty good against passing. But all in all, man, I think that you talked about before, but that rushing upside with Kyler, I think, just takes it over the top. Yeah. Kyler's been QB9 over the last three weeks. Pittsburgh, maybe there's slight regression, but even with that, if you're playing a 12 team, he's a startable QB1, maybe on the lower end of that spectrum. Uh, But I like him. James Conner against that front, he's been kind of having a tough go at it the last three weeks. I Like, if you have no other options, yes, he's due for a big game eventually. Um, I guess I just don't know if it's going to happen before this bye week. Uh, moving forward, other quick games, Colts, Titans, Jonathan Taylor. He's it, probably out two or three weeks with that thumb surgery. Yeah, that's actually kind of a big topic because he's a player that might be on some of y'all rosters. Um, Zach Moss is the backup there, and he's probably going to step into that workload he saw earlier this year. Yep. If you got Jonathan Taylor, I mean, and let's say you can't get a Zach Moss, is there anyone on waivers that you might trust over these next two, three, potentially even four weeks? Uh, I guess the people who come to mind is Samaj P. Ryan and probably Cordell Patterson. Been seeing Cordell get a lot more work recently, it seems like, so I could see that possibly working in your favor, but mm-hmm. that's just a tough injury, especially this late, considering that he already went through what he's went through this year. Um, but yeah, man, those would be my two guys that I would probably be keen for, at least if I had to, if I had to fill that. Otherwise, like we talked about, maybe uh, maybe a shot in the dark with uh, Michael Carter. Yeah, it's pretty tough sledding out there if you just lost JT and you didn't have Zach Moss. Right. I don't think there's really anybody you could plug in that's going to go ahead and absorb even 40% of what JT was. But if you got to take shots in the dark, I do like Samaj P. Ryan. Hopefully he can kind of pop out a little bit. Keep Um, Voltrum. Keep Voltrum, man. Uh, Fantonio Gibson's available. He's RB41 on the season, but... You know, he might be able to put up respectable numbers. Right. Fall into the end zone once or twice. Uh, but that's a situation in which, if it was me, I'm taking who whatever running back's on the waiver wire that has the most rush attempts. Like, it's really that much of a shot in the dark. Right. Uh, but moving forward, like those guys, if you are missing JT for the next few weeks. And you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about these waivers. Let's, right. uh, let's wrap up and talk about waivers. Uh, so once again, for wide receivers this week, you got Justin Jefferson out, Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, Say Flowers. Uh, at wide receiver, I suppose, Dugo, who do you feel pl- who do you feel comfortable plugging in this week? So there's a couple people I would say I feel a little bit more comfortable in than others. Um, I think that Zay Jones. I mean, he hasn't been super reliable this year, but he does have a decent matchup against the Bengals coming up. Obviously, no Joe, Bur- no Joe Burr, so probably not going to be a super high-scoring affair. But, you know, obviously the Bengals have a decent defense, at least what I believe, especially Trey Hendrickson out there going for a season high and sacks. Only needs a couple more to get there, so shout-out to him if he can get there. But I just think that Zay Jones might be on the come-up just because last week he saw one or he caught one ball, three, three or saw three targets. Week before, he saw four. He's just been hurt all year other than that pretty much as well. 
But the two games that, if we can reference the Buffalo game, he had five targets for three catches and had a touchdown. And the other other game that he was completely healthy in, the Indianapolis game, week one, he went for a touchdown. I'm just saying that when he's healthy, it seems like the ball does come his way. So I'm just saying if you're out there, if you're going through this bye week again like everyone else and you're looking for someone, Zay Jones might be that guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, otherwise, that was a mouthful for just a single person, but Trey Palmer, I think, could be good to go. And then Alec Pierce against uh, Tennessee Titans defense that is decent, but I think that Pierce could possibly get a touchdown going into this week. Okay. Um, what do you got for me? I like DJ Chark. Okay. I like him, too. In the Panthers' offense, they just got rid of Frank Reich. They got rid of their OC. They got rid of the whole coach and stuff. So I'd imagine whatever they do the rest of the season is going to be the complete opposite of what they've tried. And what they've been trying throughout most of this season has been a lot of short pass attempts. Bryce Young hasn't gone over 200 yards in the last four games. DJ Chark is kind of like their deep threat. I think they try to just toss the ball deep and just really get a feel as to what Bryce Young is capable of. I think DJ Chark stands to have maybe another big game. Uh, sometime soon and hopefully he'll be doing week 13 so are you saying that against possibly a lackluster uh buccaneers defense that if i was in a pinch you would start bryce young as a quarterback mm. oof is right <laughs> i it's hard to trust when i start bryce young um yeah 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 i would do it i wouldn't feel great about doing it but I do think that maybe he has some bad coaching out of the room, some bad coordinating out of the room. It's kind of like a breath of fresh air for him. Yeah. If, if I, that's possible. I'm assuming whoever's in that coaching or who's ever in the QB room with him still, I'm assuming they're going to be just saying, just go back to what you know, go back to being comfortable. And I mean, a lot of times at Alabama, he was flinging the ball around. So, I mean, if he can get a connection with a Chark or Thielen, Jonathan Mingo, yeah. You know, some of those motherfuckers, maybe it could happen and, you know, maybe something can spark. Uh, did we talk uh, waiver for running backs? Not too much. We talked about JT's replacements. Yeah, so I would say probably kind of game well would be one of my top ones. Like I said, I think that Sirianni is that kind of coach that wants to prove that his team is dominant at what people say might they might not be dominant at, especially against one of the best defense at stopping what people say they might not be good at. So, expect Kenneth Gainwell to go off. That's at least what I'm calling. Some uh, P. Ryan, some AJ P. Ryan. I think he's going to vulture another tutty, especially against the uh, Texans. Expect a little bit higher of uh, scoring of a fair. Probably, uh, let's go 35 to 24. Probably end score. I go Titan or Texans with that one. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, Michael Carter, man. I think that he has a possibility. And. Uh, we talked about it, but Cordell Patterson as well. Like those. Um, I'm going to say Dearness Johnson is somebody that I wouldn't mind stashing on my bench. Uh, the last three weeks, he has been a lot more involved into the offense. Okay. So his snap share has gone from 21% to 24% to last week it was 39. It's trending in a positive direction, and we're seeing Tank Bigsby kind of trend in the opposite. If he's still available on your waivers, I don't mind stashing him. He could be a solid, like, just floor play for you. So if you don't have a ton of options, if if you're in a really deep league, 
he's safe for about four to five yards and maybe he falls into the end zone on the goal line. Yep. Once again, I mean, you kind of took my guy, Samaje. Yeah. I, I like him this week against the Texans. And Jamal Williams is a sneaky play. He goes back to Detroit and he plays the Lions. It could be kind of like a uh, like a revenge game for him. Could be. So, you know, maybe he gets into the end zone and say, fuck you. That'd be great. Uh, but Jamal Williams is my sneaky play of the week. Tight ends. I told y'all I like Tucker Craft stepping in for Luke Musgrave, who's going to be missing some time. Uh, Tucker Craft last week had a pretty good game. Uh, two catches, 15 yards, but he caught a touchdown. Last week prior to that, he also had two catches. So, you know, his floor seems to be two targets or two catches. Hopefully that increases in a big game this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. And another tight end that I really enjoy is Jawan Johnson, mostly because the Saints are going to be missing most likely Michael Thomas, Rashid Shahid. And as of Tuesday night, it looks like they might be missing Chris Olave. Yep. So if that is the case, I think Alvin Kamara gets a ton of targets like he already has been out of the backfield. And I think Jawan Johnson doesn't see any, he doesn't see like a major uptick, uh, but I think he sees a couple of extra passes come his way. Yeah, I like those two as well. I don't really have much else to add to those. Okay. Uh, quarterback, I told y'all, Bryce Young, if he's available, I mean, he's a dart throw. Um, you know, Will Levis, I like the upside for Will Levis. He just, he's just, like, not ever really asked to do much. Like, it felt like he did a lot that game one, and ever since then, he's kind of, like, had the reins pulled on him. Um. I like him against the Colts. Divisional game. Two teams that know each other. Uh, the Colts, as far as, you know, a passing defense, are kind of middle of the road. But I think Will Levis, after a few slower games, he picks it up. Has a 14, 15-point type of game. I think he has a relatively solid floor. Um, and he's somebody who can go in there and at least, you know, get you some points. Maybe not a lot of points. But I think his floor is double digits and... You know, if he gets you 14, 15 points, he, he did what a streamer is supposed to do. Hell yeah. Uh, what about you for t- uh, quarterback? Uh, like I said, I think that Kenny Pickett w- would probably be my go-to if I was in a pinch. Otherwise, I'm kind of holding on to faith for Derek Carr as of right now. Otherwise, I, I, I if a pinch comes to a pinch, I'm thinking Bryce Young. Okay, like it. Uh, let us know what y'all think. Go ahead and tweet us at the Gumbo Pod on Twitter. Uh, or follow us. On Instagram, um, at once again, the Gumbo Pod. And until we meet again, my name is Ja. Hey, you know us do go over here. Appreciate y'all tapping in with those head tops. Thank y'all for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.